Welcome back everybody. Today I'm with Hannah and um, I'm really excited to talk to Hannah today because um, I've known Hannah for, for quite a long time actually. We used to be neighbours um, and she's got a brilliant story to tell because actually um, well I really wanted to showcase somebody who has still got her let's call it primary career but she's also got a little side hustle. And I think it's really important to share somebody like Hannah's story because I often chat to people who are so scared of making any kind of career change because they're like, well, I've worked so hard to get to where I am in my career and I've got all these qualifications and all this experience. And actually I quite enjoy what I'm doing still. So I don't really want to throw that away. Having said that, I've got this dream of, you know, doing something completely different, um, and, you know, my answer is always they're not mutually exclusive, I think, you know, where there's a will and there's a way and all that. Um, and I think that obviously there are people who are managing to do both. And Hannah's the perfect example of this. So without further ado, let me say hello, Hannah. So Hi. happy that you agreed to be on this podcast. Thank you so much. And we might just delve straight into what you were doing before you made this sort of like, let's say a half change. Half change, yes. Um, so uh, I am by trade a pilot. So I started in the Air Force when I was about 20 uh, and did about 11 years on transport airplanes uh, at Bryce Norton um, and then uh, had a couple of children. And then uh, after, or well, halfway through, I suppose, having kids, I then, um, or British Airways started recruiting. So I then, uh, applied and uh, have been with British Airways for the last seven years. So just stopping you there, because actually you say it like, you know, it was dead easy. I just went from military to, you know, aircraft to, um, what do you call it? Um, Civilian. Commercial aircraft, yeah. And, and, I, and I know from speaking to lots of people, friends and family who have been in the military, who actually left the military, you're making it sound much easier than it actually is, I think. Um, can um, you talk us about that well how did that come about yeah I mean I suppose my um you sign on in the military or at least I did I signed on to a permanent commission so that was oh, I think gosh uh 16 years um so that should have taken me up to my 38 point um but you can leave earlier and uh, it was so my uh, I got into aviation my dad's an ex uh, British Airways pilot and um and my mum used to be an air hostess and all that sort of stuff so I've kind of grown up on airplanes and just loving the whole travel perspective and um I find that really important um but I was looking I think it was when I was about 18 19 when I'd finished my A-levels I was looking at joining uh British Airways and then September 11th happened and recruitment stopped overnight um, went to university and had never thought about the Air Force, but I joined the Air Squadron just to get some flying experience, see if I actually liked flying the airplane, not that I'm sure I was good at it, not here. You know. um, and what did you study at university? Was it something I did, that was uh, I did psychology because again, it wasn't something because I kind of knew that I wanted to fly, and you don't have to have a degree to fly an airplane. So again, I kind of rather than choosing something that was going to force me down a path I chose something that I was generally interested in so um and I've generally always found that there's no point in trying to do something that you think you have to do because you won't put yeah. the effort in and you won't be interested in it um so I did yeah I did psychology um yeah joined the air squadron had a great time I still I'm meeting up at the weekend with a, a load of air squadron friends who I've known obviously now for 20 odd years um I had a great time and I applied and again it's another thing 
you, there's no point in making a decision or trying to um, trying to give yourself options until you actually have an option. So it's all very well saying, shall I join the Air Force? Maybe shall I you know, try the civilian route in a different way? But I thought, well, I'll try the Air Force. I'll, I'll apply for it. And then I've got if I get in, then I've got an option. So then I know what I can do, either go down that route or go down a different route. Um, anyway, mm -hmm. went for selection and I got in. And um, yeah, again, really good. I, I loved it because you can do it that way around. You can't do the civilian route and then the um, military route. Yeah. So I did, um, yeah, 11 years flying transport aeroplanes, uh, air to air refueling. Um, again, really, really good fun. And I was grounded with my second child because as soon as you um, find out you're pregnant, then you have to declare it and you uh, get put on a ground roll. So I was doing that. And somebody again, I don't I'm not entirely sure why I didn't really know it, but somebody was uh, said a British Airways has started recruiting. And I was like, OK, yeah, that's nice. But I still had a return of service um on my when you sign on to a new aeroplane you have to do a certain length of time before you're allowed to either leave or move off onto something else um but under maternity regulations which again I didn't really know about um you don't have to come back to work so I could just have my baby and then leave the air force so it kind of British Airways had that was almost so this was back in 20 uh what did they have well uh 2015 um, that was almost the first time since September 11th happened that there was heavy, massive recruitment from the airlines. Yeah. So it was my first opportunity. And whilst it wasn't the greatest time being fairly getting more and more pregnant as the selection process was going through and kept having going back and forth to um, up to Heathrow to go and do aptitude tests and then interviews. And, and I went for my interview when I was about 38 weeks pregnant. Uh, which was always a bit of a, a bit of a talking point. Um, uh, but these things, you just have to, again, you just have to take the opportunities when they arise and you can use them as a barrier or you can just go, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen? They're either going to say no, when well, they're not going to say no because you're pregnant because they're kind of not allowed to do that. But, you know, it's kind of, you don't know when the op next opportunity was going to arise. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I did that and then uh, went back when I'd had uh, Will, I went back three months later to do the simulator assessments um, and passed. And then I, I joined, I think I started about six months after that. So yeah, I mean, I, the, the processes of all of these things are, are, are not easy. Um, and there's a lot of work that goes into the interview prep and making sure that you're able to yeah, fly the simulator and uh, which again, wasn't easy when I hadn't flown for best part of 18 months because uh, I've been you know up all night having kids um yeah. but uh again you know you've either got it if I didn't do that then um I think then Brexit happened and they they stopped recruiting again and I would have had to wait another few years and yeah it's just a case of you just have to yeah put yourself forward and just... while, the, while the iron's hot and then how did it you know what happened first did you get offered the job with BA before you quit the military or the other way around um Yes, I think I did. Um, but with British Airways, then I, you you say the date that you're able to start. So I wanted to make sure that I could have as much, I took as much leave as I was allowed uh, from the Air Force. And but and I kind of you know, added it up and said, I can start on this date. Um, and yeah. so, um, yeah, you know, the overlap was, there wasn't every, yeah, you basically say to BA, I can, I can start on this date and you tell the Air Force, I'm going to finish on this date. So um it's yeah it kind of that that worked you know, say lucky or whatever that kind of worked nicely so 
Yeah. And was it scary leaving the military for you? That's a very leading question, isn't it? But how did it feel for you to... Uh, was it scary? I suppose in that sense, it's you do become slightly indoctrinated. Like everything's not, everything's done for you, but everything's, you kind of, you know, you always go onto base and you've got the medical um, uh, facilities and there's always kind of a department that you know that you can go to to get something sorted. Um, so I suppose in that sense... It, it maybe was but then I've never kind of uh, I've only we lived on base uh for about a year but apart from that I've always lived off base I've always had my own circle of friends um so I suppose in that sense I didn't necessarily find it that it was that tricky the the kind of swap over and as much as I work in the military I never felt myself like really I loved it but I loved the job more than being in the Air Force. I loved just flying the airplanes and being able to do the different tasks that we were doing. And I loved the people that I worked with. That was always quite good fun. That's probably one of the main differences. The, the, you, the people in the Air Force that you work with is a much smaller team, whereas you mm -hmm. go out into the civilian world and you are like, there's just, you know, there's, what were there, 50 pilots on the squadron that I was working with. And there were there's like 4,000 pilots at British Airways. So you're always going to, you know, uh, fly with different people and it's always going to be a different day so um that was a, probably a bit tricky a yeah. Bit tricky. yeah different different yeah when that and but that's you know changes is good anything and and I definitely felt I think this is maybe when when talking about moving careers um so obviously I was doing the same job but in an entirely different um uh background um yeah. But I left the Air Force when I was still enjoying it. I left because I found a different opportunity, not because I was absolutely hating it. And I think that's definitely, yeah. I, I definitely made the sweet spot um, to, to do that. And I still look back fondly on my days and the people that I worked with and the task. And yeah, gosh, there were terrible places to stay. And there was not, you know, a lot, all of my time, pretty much all, all of my time was spent going in and out of, um, it was doing um, Afghanistan stuff. So, um, but in that sense, that was still great. It sounds awful but that was great fun it was good fun flying and it was challenging so um I yeah I left when I was still enjoying your it. definition of fun might be slightly different to most <laughs> people's <laughs> <laughs> but I yeah I mean I suppose why do you join the military to to see some and again my, my kind of uh action as as I suppose was probably very different from somebody who was flying a helicopter at 50 feet in the middle of uh yeah Afghanistan being shot out on a daily basis yes that mine wasn't yeah. that but to be able to fly an airplane that was effectively an airliner in a um in a tactical environment was um was challenging so it was you know something that you'd never get to do anywhere else so yeah no, quite Fun, a, I guess, a sense of adventure isn't it yes yeah exactly yeah so we've got to so you're now juggling motherhood with two young kids yeah you've started as a BA pilot yeah and then talk us through what happened next because that's actually what we're we're here to talk about isn't it? <laughs> yeah so everything's going swimmingly um uh so when I say juggling my um, husband's an airline pilot as well so we do have um it's not an easy juggle necessarily but we have a part-time nanny so um which is you know she is part of the family and has been with us for what, seven or eight years now and she's amazing so we have whilst it's a juggle everything you know we we it's kind of run with military precision with the calendars and all that sort of stuff but going swimmingly we're able to manage it and it's all fine um and then um as these things are kind of cyclical especially in the aviation world um something from an extern something worldwide happens so you always you have things like september 11th you have um the financial crisis 
Um, and always these things, the first thing to go is aviation. The first thing to really massively be affected is aviation. And obviously COVID happens, um, which, yeah, was, I mean, I don't want to say unprecedented, just I don't think anybody thought it would become exactly what it did become. So you kind of hear these mootings and we kind of thought, oh, okay, well, yeah, we'll close the borders and you know, we'll, we'll do something for you know a few months. Nobody kind of saw it lasting. Um, you know what, I just have to tell you, we, we flew, we flew, um, we went on holiday in February, 2020. And <laughs> I remember being at the airport and I would say about 30, to 40% of people were wearing masks and we were like, this is weird. Like either um, we're suddenly surrounded by a load of hypochondriacs or they know something we don't know. And obviously yeah. now we know. <laughs> yes. yes. Hindsight. But, um, but yeah, yeah, interesting times for sure. <clears throat> yes. So back to your story. So yeah, I mean, so COVID happens. Um, so that was what March, uh, yeah, we all went to lockdown, March 2020. Um, and we're not really told much. I mean, obviously, if the um, the government closed all the borders, ish. I suppose they didn't massively close our borders, but they 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 grounded aeroplanes um, and stopped everyone from travelling. Um, and yeah, it was kind of a bit like, um, well, you know, we'll we'll shut everything down. I think I think initially for us it was going to be sort of September 2020, so for a few months. Um, and obviously, everyone's in lockdown anyway. Um, I suppose in that sense. I do look back at it and go, well, the upshot was that we didn't have to do any home working. Um, so, you know, the, the having to juggle working from home and looking after kids when the kids closed, uh, the um, schools were closed, must have been absolutely horrendous. But on the flip side, I, we didn't have to work because we were all grounded and just told to go home. Um, but the and we were able to then just spend nice days going for walks with the kids and we live in the middle of the country and I'm just able to go out and you're like you go for a run and I'll go for a run and then you know we'll go and take the kids out and learn how to ride the bikes and isn't this idyllic but then on the um uh on the flip side of that uh we were playing pretty much for the first three months redundancy bingo of I think and it was because we weren't getting anything from our companies. They were, it's just rumor and conjecture. What's happening in the papers? What's this? What's that? Um, and so, yeah, it was a, it was an absolutely I mean, absolutely is no other words for it. Horrendous time um, of going. Oh, I think actually from what I've heard. Yeah, you're you you're probably going to be sacked today um from what the, the way that they're going to restructure their business and I, but I think I'll be all right and then something you'd hear something else on the grapevine and be like oh no I think actually they're going to do it this way so I think I'll be all right but no I I think you're going to be it was it yeah just there's no other word for it it was the, one of the most stressful times I've ever 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 and I hope never to go through that sort of experience ever again um but then I found that we we both, yes, long story short, I suppose, um, Matt's company restructured in one way and he uh, he was able, he was on an airplane that they kept, so he kept his job. Um, and I suppose I, and I did keep my job, but I didn't really know that until, I suppose I didn't really believe it until I actually got back airborne again, 22 months later. It literally wasn't, because because all of the um, regulations kept changing, we were supposed to be coming back in the September. Then I think they put our aeroplane back until the February, March time in 21. 
then it was I think back in the summer of 21 and then they kind of cut their losses when the American borders weren't opening and then just said we're going to put your airplane because I'm on the the really really big airplane that needs a lot of people on it to make it work um, and to uh, make it financially viable so they weren't going to put people on that airplane put put the airplane back into the sky unless they knew that they could properly fill it and make it work so it wasn't until we was then put back until um february march 2022 um and, and again even looking back from what we thought it was going to be for a couple of months in um you know in the summer of 2020 for it then to be at the beginning of 2022 was just yeah kind of a bit a long time, a long time. um so yeah, so in the mix of that, uh, see, uh, husband's kept his job, he's going flying, but I still think potentially I'm going to be made, to, made redundant because, it, yes, it was such a movable feast that no one could actually say, even though people were like, oh, you know, British Airways have never made a pilot redundant, um, they then did um, make a few people. Luckily, I wasn't one of them, but I kind of thought, well, I need something else because as I've mentioned, it's a very volatile business and you will, you you know, and again, we work, uh, the aviation industry is a different one that works <clears throat> different from anybody else and it's last in, first out. So if you were a junior in the um, company, they sack people from the bottom up. So I'd only been in there for, at this point, four years and felt pretty vulnerable. Um, and I suppose my kids were getting older as well. And I have a, the, the joy of the job is that I go to work. I physically go to work. And when I'm, I'm at home, so I go to work for three or four days, three, four, five days at a time. Then when I come home, I don't have to do, you know, I drive home, I dump all of that stuff. And it's like, right, what have I got to do? Right, kids have got classes. We've got this, we've got that. Um, I'm fully invested in home. But then when they're at school, you know, the we say I can fill my days perfectly happily, but I was kind of thinking that maybe there was something else I could be, I could do to fulfill my time. Um, and also you, once you've kind of been on your airplane for a little bit, there's not a huge amount of extra learning. There's not a huge amount of extra, um, uh, you know, fulfillment, I suppose, in that you, you stay on the same airplane for as long as you want to year, no decades at a time. Um, and so, yeah, just something else just to keep you, you know, you've got to use it or lose it. So if you don't keep using your brain, then it, you're going to, you know, suddenly become a little bit boring, dull and silly. Um, so I was kind of maybe thinking that before kind of COVID came along, but again, never, never had the time or never perceived that I'd have the time or the inclination to do it. Um, I was chatting to some old Air Force friends and in the Air Force, you used to get these things called, uh, well, maybe you still do, learning credits. So you got three chunks of money to be able to spend on um, courses. So my first two were used uh, in the Air Force to, to get my um, ATPL airline uh, transport pilot license. Um, and then I didn't really remember what I'd done with the third one um, until somebody mentioned when the whole COVID thing is happening at the beginning, we're all on WhatsApp chats of going, what have you heard? And, you know, this and the other. Um, and I found out I still, I called back up the same number that it was five years previously and the same lady who's still sat in the office at Bryce Norton. Um, I called her up and said, hi, this is me. Um, I, you know, this is my number. I do, I, I'm not sure if I still have any learning credits left because someone said you can still, they still have like a 10 year validity after you've left. Oh gosh, even after you've left the military? Even after you've left the military. Um, cool. So I, um, and she said, uh, yeah, hold on, let me look on the system. Yes, you've still got uh, one of your learning credits, which is 2000 pounds worth of um, 
course to use up um and, and i think at that point she said and you've got another year to use it so if again all these kind of like ducks in a row that i wouldn't have I, I wouldn't have thought about learning credits had I not had this random WhatsApp chat or been on this random you know, ex-military WhatsApp chat that I was on. Um, and specifically at the time when we were still going through, are we going to be made redundant? It was like, right, how long have we got left in the house before we can't pay the mortgage? How, you know, um, what else can we, um, right, we're not paying for classes anymore. We don't need to pay for this. We, you know, what, what can we do to hunker down and save as much money as possible? Um, my sister did a sports massage course, uh, what, 10 years ago? And I, it's something that I kind of always thought, I was just in the military, I was never able to go. I can sign on to a course every weekend. Doesn't work like that. So I never was able to, um, to yeah, dedicate the time to it. Um, so kind of sports message, I suppose, was in the back of my head, um, something maybe like personal training um, from a fitness perspective. But again, all of these things are going, yes, but we're in COVID and you these are all things that you need to be with somebody to do and like be in a in close proximity to strangers. And we can't do that. So it, it, still, it was a bit like, what are you doing? Um, but again, I went with it. I found um, uh, an amazing uh, place in uh, Sirencester that um, knew about the um, uh, military learning uh, credits that I had, um, and I chatted to them, and um, it was it was it was exactly what I needed. They were amazing, so um, I signed up and I started studying um, with the kids running around, which is always a bit tricky. But again, it was just quite nice. Once again, just to everyone had this in COVID. I I think. It, whilst it was nice not to have anything to do as humans you need you need a focus and you need a purpose so yeah. Yeah. Um, I did find that was quite a nice thing to have that I could then go right kids this is aren't we going to do a Joe Wicks as everybody did and then yeah. we kind of structure our day of like now we're going to do a walk and then we're going to have lunch and then we'll do this and I said make the sourdough oh, <laughs> make the sourdough which I still do now I, that was amazing I, Matt used to have to bring um because we, we had flour we had a like a flour shortage as everything yeah. else and uh, when he used to go off to um, wherever he was going, like New York or something, I'd be like, can you please bring back some bags of flour? The stuff that we used to have to do. It was <laughs> desperation. <laughs> desperation. I need my breath. Um, but yeah, so then I'd structure my day of going, right, mummy needs to study. So you guys are going to go off and do this. Um, you know, go out with daddy and I'll study for a couple of hours. Um Again, it wasn't, I remember calling up my tutor when, uh, so it, a lot of it was online, uh, or the first bit was online, learning body parts, uh, uh, yeah, technique, um, uh, going through all the PowerPoint slides and all that sort of stuff. Again, and I haven't properly studied, I suppose, in that sense, mm. something different for a while. Um, I did a background in uh, so psychology and, and biology, I did at A-level, but... Um, so I did have a fair working knowledge, but not into the detail that you'd need for sports massage. Um, so that was, yeah, that was a, a little bit tricky. But I, I remember then when the restrictions eased and you were able to go back into the classroom, I think I signed up at the end of April, May time, and we could go back in in, whatever it was, June or July, I think. Um, so this is 2020 still like in the first year yeah yes, in the first year yeah so I mean yeah yeah so we're talking about March was when I was pretty much grounded April we're kind of like uh what's actually going on and then I think yeah end of April into May is when I kind of thought right you know I'm gonna lose a job let's sort something out and found out about this and kind of signed up 
um, but yeah, went into the classroom in kind of June, July time, I think. But even then, I remember calling up my tutor saying, I've, I, I can't, I can't do this. I, I don't, I haven't learned enough. I don't, um, I don't know the muscles. I don't know the insertions. I don't know any of this. I do. And this was then about to go into the classroom to then go and do all the hands-on stuff. And, and he said, and he, again, he was brilliant. And you, 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 all, we all have these, oh, I'm not good enough. I can't, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. What am I doing? What am I doing? I can't, you know, this is just silly. Just, I need a few more months just to try to get my head. And I called up my tutor and he was like, the course is all hands-on it's all learning it's all just we go with the flow and I pitched up on whatever it was the Monday and it was it was great but we still all have these what am I doing can't yeah yeah I'm not good enough I can't do this what am I doing moments but again just but you overcame them you just have to well yeah because you can't just sit in a corner and rock and go I can't do it what else are you going to do there's nothing else to do might as well have gone and filled my time in a classroom rather than sat at home still exactly, um, exactly. but I, I mean I just love the fact that you learned to become a massage therapist during Covid anybody's mind was to be in close contact with anybody right. I just love that you you know like a salmon swimming upstream going against <laughs> against the grain I absolutely love it absolutely love it so then what happened so then I, I presume so you trained you qualified and then you you've now set up your own your own little yeah not little, um, your, your, your side hustle my little side hustle so yeah it was um so I did uh, two levels um I signed up just because with the money that I had I signed up to two um, so the first one, the level three, is the one that you need to be able to get your qualification and to be able to get paying clients and to get insurance. So I remember walking out of the exam, having passed the exam, and it was in October. So it took about six months to be able to do all the learning. Um, I set up in the garage, so it was nicely well ventilated. And when you were allowed to see people, so this was all within the regulations. Um, and, and then I passed the exam and I walked out uh of this exam and then we went into lockdown the second like whatever, stupid circuit breakery whatever language they were using at the time literally the next day and I just thought come on like come on now this is you know I'm trying to do something else here and now even that you've kind of then gone and put the kibosh on it um but yeah so we came out of lockdown and then I yeah I remember setting up my my website Again, I'm not very, it sounds really silly, a bit silly because I fly an aeroplane, but I'm not very computer savvy. I don't really, I didn't have to use, you know, the, yeah, websites or PowerPoints or any of that sort of stuff on a, on a regular basis. Sorry, this is it's just different skills, isn't it? That's it, it is. This is the thing. So it's entirely, you just, but you, you know, you're not silly about it. And there's so many um, uh, tutorials and all these sorts of things. You just yeah. kind of go, right, well, this is me. I'll take a picture. <laughs> what have you done? And yeah. Um, and yes, yeah, set up my website and I put a, um, a few, um, uh, I put a note out on my Facebook group in the village and the surrounding villages. And, um, and I remember when I got the first reply back and I was like, oh my goodness, I've got a someone wants to come and see me. This is really exciting. Like scary because you're kind of, um, yeah, very scary because you're so far out of your, even though I've trained, you still have this. And I suppose I still get this when I go into work goodness to fly an aeroplane sometimes and just be a bit like wow 
uh okay yeah i can do this can't i like it's just we i don't know if it's a, a, a woman thing or um but yes a bit like uh yes this I is brilliant for anybody listening to this who's scared of flying you've just like properly <laughs> you've probably ruined the, the flying experience for them forever now uh, no, all... and there's a very competent pilot everybody very very competent she knows what she's doing really yeah it's all good uh, <laughs> but you do still have in any walk of life you do still have all I do I don't know I I of I mean I suppose it is it's different it, it's different in the sense that you know with my own business now that um and this is why I like it that somebody comes to see me it's entirely driven by me whereas flying my airplane I'm a number so they need three people to go and fly this airplane from here to there right da, 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 I get my roster blah, 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 done she gets you need that numbered person needs to go they don't care it's me nobody cares who's flying their airplane they just want to make sure they get there safely from A to B which you will um but it doesn't matter that it's me and I, the but the flying thing feeds my joy of travel I absolutely love going to work and pressing the buttons and you know I'm flying amazing amazing airplane and I'm incredibly lucky to do that but that is almost I call it selfish because that literally is just a joy that I have that I want to go and do and I love looking down at or looking up at the stars and looking down at the ground and I think it, it's very grounding it brings a, a really good perspective in life which is I think uh, also COVID kind of made me have a bit more, um, yeah, of a rethink about that sort of stuff that we can all get very um, kind of egocentric, I suppose. Um, whereas travel, just you realise that you're such a teeny weeny little dot in the middle of a lot of other, um, a lot of other people. And actually, and again, and this kind of feeds when someone goes, oh, I don't know what, oh, I don't know what will people think if I go and go in this different direction? And what will people think if they do a who cares because you you don't know what other people think to a start and can you affect what somebody thinks no so why should you then care what anybody else thinks totally. um, which is again i think and, and actually of, people are only going to think it for about two seconds and move on to the next thing <laughs> the next thing because we're so in our own heads that nobody literally you know this is the thing nobody and i kind of wish that i'd it's one of my things i'm trying to instill into my kids uh, i don't know maybe especially my daughter I don't know why I think that more than uh, girls more than boys but just who cares just if if it you know if it makes you happy um you know and, and this is again I try and get this into client say to clients if it makes you feel better go and do it because if you're happy then you will radiate this contentment around you yeah. um, no one else is going to kind of this is the thing no one else was going to kind of say you need to go and do something else and you, know, you feel a bit guilty for taking the time out of not looking after the kids or um even now I have clients you know I, I still run this you know out of my home um outside of when I'm flying um and it does take up a lot more of my time obviously I mean that's that's the point but I absolutely love it it, it still it still baffles me um as a bit of imposter syndrome I suppose that you the people are paying to come and see me and have you know use my skills and I, I I feel quite a big responsibility for that because they're using a their money and b a very precious hour of their time um and um and yeah and I I suppose it's a, a privilege in that sense then I I do get a real joy from that um something that I don't get from from flying an airplane because it's a very faceless task um 
but no I've um I've, yeah I, I really and it's that I, I do I massively enjoy it but I suppose in that sense it's almost more enjoyable because it doesn't have to be or for me I'm lucky at the moment because I kept my job that it isn't my main job and I do it I do it for it's a serious business but I do it for fun and yeah. so um I still get a huge amount of enjoyment from it um probably more amen so. to that you know I, I I think the world will genuinely be a better place if everybody did work that they did for fun yes. and I know it sounds really frivolous and it sounds you know actually some people get really angry when I say this you know because they're like but but you know your job is serious and I need to be earning a certain amount and and people I I do find that people get angry with me but I but I think that you can have fun and you can earn money and you can be fulfilled and you know I think people get stuck in their ways a lot which is why I love chatting to people like you because it hopefully opens people up to the opportunity or to the possibility that it is possible it is possible and you know one of the I think one of the um, most it sounds bad one of the most irritating questions that I find um, people ask kids you know, I've got a seven and a nearly 10 year old and people ask them, what do you want to do when you're older? And I don't know why, but it really irritates me because I think, who cares? Do what you enjoy now. And it's not who cares, because obviously, you, you you know, you need to have an idea and you need to earn, you know, the, you need to earn money, completely get that. But you don't need to have any set idea of what it is. Do what fulfills you and you find interesting and that feeds your soul but but in the same sense that and then you'll be able to be led into something that you're actually going to enjoy like like nobody literally sat on their deathbed and going oh god I wish I worked more you know they kind of wish that even if that's the way you're going to earn money make sure that you then find something and whether or not it's just going to an art class of an evening you know find something that you never know it might not earn you money for instance but you might meet somebody there that you then go oh actually do you fancy going on a on a drawing um holiday and we're going to go painting and all sorts of and I find now just chatting to clients the amount of stuff that um I have kind of learnt from other people um it's just again even like random you know random things of places to go um just different perspectives that you get from like it just feeds just a whole different I've realized I am probably quite a more of a people person than I uh than I thought and that you can just get so much from just having a chat with somebody and um and just being able to you know when somebody walks out of you know my treatment room of just being like you know that they're kind of lifted they're just just chilled out a little bit more and that it makes you yeah it makes me feel selfish again entirely selfish job because it makes me feel good um selfish but then exactly like you say you know you're you're being selfish about creating joy for yourself but yeah. then that it's the ripple effect isn't it then yeah and you're a better mum and a better partner and a better friend and a better daughter and you know it sounds so cheesy but it's true isn't it if you're yes. if you're happier than yourself then actually it's much easier to be a, you know a nicer person to be around really nice person to be around and it's um it the we I think again a lot of the times I suppose when you when you'll be talking to people who are like I couldn't possibly do that you almost feel like you need to be um allowed you need to be um that somebody else is going to say yeah you go and do that it doesn't happen it and it's not necessarily it's not necessarily a bad thing but um you have to be able to take that responsibility for yourself and go I want to do this 
and and run with it and people might not necessarily be fully supportive and kind of think well how is that going to work in our life and how is that going to work with it and the time that you had to do this you're not going to have to do that anymore um but you just have to kind of and again maybe the wisdom of getting older of just again as I come back just and I I mean by when I say not really caring I don't I don't mean that you you'll become an entirely selfish person that you don't care about anyone around you but you've got to just not care what the other person is thinking about in that instance because you know that actually if you if you go through and you find something that you're interested in and it feeds you a little bit better then everything else will roll will roll from that um yeah and I don't know yeah we we feel especially I don't know as 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 mums I suppose um and as women that you kind of have to ask permission for a lot of things and go oh would you mind I'm now not gonna be able to do would you mind looking yeah. after kids a little bit more or would yeah. you mind just taking this whereas I don't know sometimes that from the opposite set you don't you don't necessarily they don't necessarily feel that so I definitely did feel like that that I was then creating a bit more of a burden but by doing this a I'm, I'm better at managing my time it's amazing what you can get done <laughs> when you have more stuff to do so um true. because the Isn't there a saying that something like if you want something done, ask a busy person, something like that? Yeah, I mean, I definitely found that since I, um, I think I'm in, I genuinely, this is, I'm, a, I'm genuinely a very, uh, an inherently lazy person. Um, I n- love nothing more than just a loaf of just sitting and doing nothing. But then since having kids, it's kind of you, you have to get stuff done in a certain time window. And actually, you you do get a lot more done because you've got a, a minimized window to do it. So you go, oh, yeah. I wish I could sit down now, but I can't. I've got to go and do this. Um, and yeah, and I definitely get more fulfillment out of actually having a bit more to do. There's a balance. There's obviously an entire balance. But um, or as I, I joke that when I go to work to fly, I go to work for a rest. Mm. Um, that's my. Um, <laughs> <laughs> The number of mums I've heard say I go to I go to work for a rest is um quite high. Because <laughs> one of the hardest they, you know, the singular hardest job to do is to be at home and look after kids. Like because there is no respite whatsoever. So no, I'm incredibly lucky in that sense that I actually just get to up sticks and leave for a few days and drink hot coffee um uh, and have semi. We still love them dearly. <laughs> We still love them dearly. This is a, no, this is another thing, though. This is what people say. You know, kind of. Like, I absolutely adore my kids, um, but I also need other things. I, you know, I, I need other things to fulfil me. Um, you know, I, I'm not. Yeah, and and again, it, it you kind of to actually have to say that, and I had to say that out loud a lot of the time in COVID. With just being, I was a grumpy McGrumpster for a lot of the time. Um, <laughs> my husband, um, but and kind of, it's like you know, it's only it's only a job, it's only flying, it's only this, that, and the other. And it's like, no, 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 no. I've worked really, really, really hard to get to where I've got to, and I've also now realised, having had it taken away, because I've had time off flying through kids, had to, but that was a, that was my choice, and I always knew that I could go back to it when I wanted to go back to it. Um, but this was somebody else is taking away this choice and I don't I don't like it. And actually, I have to now say out loud, I am not fulfilled being at home all the time. And mm. to, to mum to say that, that sounds awful. It sounds horrendous. But um, I said it and, and you just have to run with it. And again, I'm a better mum when I've got other stuff to fulfill myself. Um, yeah. 
So again, and, and you're being a great role model for your kids as well, you know, then. I, I just think it's a very um, unrealistic, like now, you know, my dad went to work, my mum um, uh, gave up work until I think we were 10 or 11. Um, and, uh, you know, incredibly grateful that you had the balance of having somebody at home. But I think that's unrealistic now from a financial perspective that we just don't get, I mean, I suppose you can live your life to whatever finances that you have, but um, I, I, yeah, I just don't think it's, uh, for us, it was something that's ever, was ever going to be um, an option for one of us to step back from work. But also, um, you know, I've, I've grown up in a house of two, you know, one of my elder sister's a lawyer, my the, uh, twin sister, you know, they both, both work, both career-driven people, and we're all career-driven, and it's kind of like, well, I'm not going to give that up now, because I really enjoy that, so, um, and that's part of who I am, and that's part, you know, now, amazingly, I've got kids, but I also want to be able to to, to work too, and I think that's, yeah, I, I never apologise to the kids for going away um, and not being there. That's what mummy and daddy do. That's what I do, and they will enjoy it in future times. They're like, do you want to come to Miami for the weekend? Oh, okay, yeah, fine, that'll be all right. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's just what we do, and I, I, I don't apologise for it. Um, maybe I should do, but then in that sense, the kids will never, they don't know any different, and Kids will never thank you for anything. Do I mean they all? You know, you could give up one day. One day, Hannah, they will. <laughs> no, no, one day. But also, this is a thing. Kind of, you go, no, I need to give up something. I don't want to do this because I, the kids want me at home. Well, you'll ask them in ten years' time, and they and you said, but I gave this up because I I wanted to be at home with you, and they'll be like, oh well, I wouldn't. I didn't really. I didn't really notice, or I didn't do that. You know, stay at home if you want to stay at home, but if you want to go and do something else, do it. What makes you happy? Because yeah nobody else is going to make you happy or no one else is going to realize you can't do something for somebody else's happiness because they'll be a bit like oh I didn't realize you did that and you think brilliant great <laughs> thanks for that um yeah so oh my god Hannah I feel like we could talk all day long <laughs> and still still keep going but um I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to chat to me and to share this story that I hope will inspire people who are in a career that they that they do like that they do enjoy that they have worked very hard to achieve um but also look at you know what what areas what other areas could I get into what can I do on the side um that that is going to feed another part of me you know absolutely brilliant advice thank you so much and if anybody's been listening to this thinking oh actually my sister, wife, husband, whatever, somebody in your life that is um, is always complaining about the fact that they, you know, they love their career, but they would like to try something else. And maybe share this episode with them. And perhaps Hannah's story will uh, motivate them to make some kind of change um, and just dip their toe in, into something else. So thanks again. And I will see you soon. Bye. Mm -hmm.